With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. The RV is headed to Brooklyn to speak to Alexander Grass. Alex is a full-time published author and has just published his latest book entitled A Boy's Hammer. So Alex, welcome to the RV. Thank you for having me on board. Yes, of course. So Alex, you live in Harry's no, you live? No, you lived in Harrisburg. I was born in Harrisburg, which okay. is central Pennsylvania. And my whole family was, uh, was from there. Well, my grandfather was born in Scranton. I was from a very, very, or it used to be a very, very small, very close-knit Jewish community. So to, to give you an idea of how close it was, when my father's mother, my grandmother, moved out of her house... Um, my other grandmother, my mother's mother, and my grandfather on my mom's side bought that house and moved into it. That was the kind of place that it was. Somehow we all ended up, uh, you know, in, in New York. I, you know, I have a brother who like, he used to actually, before he moved here, my brother lived in Ukraine. You were in Ukraine some days before the war started. Is that correct? I was in Minsk in Belarus, which is, it's related to the Ukrainian war because um, Putin had troops, you know, uh, Belarus is like a, an ally of uh, Russia. So there were troops lining up in Belarus. The reason why I was there just a couple of weeks before is because my father was getting a liver transplant and he got it. Um, I would say maybe a week or two before Russia invaded Ukraine. And he was, kind of, he was about to leave, but he didn't want to rush. And my, my uncle called him up and said, listen, like, I think you need to leave like real quick, you know? <sighs> and, and my uncle even like called and like made arrangements and got him on a, on an airplane out. And, wow. Um, he had just made the surgery and he had to go in, go into a plane. Yeah. Well, he's a tough guy. He's a, he's a, and he's in really, really, really good shape, which is why he had to go to Minsk to get a liver transplant because everywhere else he was too far down the list because he was too healthy. But um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a crazy time. But my brother, um, I'm the oldest, the second oldest. 
um, Arthur, he lived in Ukraine for years, for years. He lived in Odessa and he lived in Kiev. And It's such um, a beautiful place. Yeah. He loved it. He loved it. Yeah. And, um, you know, what a time. What a crazy yeah. time to live in. It's crazy, Alex. You know, we were talking about Pennsylvania, and I used to live not too far from there in Pittsburgh. Really? What part of Pittsburgh? I used to live in Squirrel Hill for a little bit. No, I used to live in Shady Side, and I really. Oh, that's amazing! Is there anything you miss about living in Pennsylvania? Yeah, um, I you know, I moved away when I was still a teenager, but I used to go back, you know, like I, I'm from a family that moved a lot. My dad was a, a businessman. And so, you know, when we were kids, we moved probably about like 12 or 13 times, sometimes in Pennsylvania, sometimes out of Pennsylvania. Uh, we lived in different places. We lived in Indiana. We lived in Israel, yeah. but yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, it, you know, for everybody, you know, home is a lot. Most of the time home's a special place, you know, um, but it's weird for me because I, we moved so much, so I didn't have, you know, like a lot of close childhood friends, but I did have, you know, a lot of relatives, like and a lot of adults who had a, a big impact on me. And, um, one of them, so she was like my very, very, very first nanny. Like when I was a month old, my mom interviewed her and now I'm almost 40 and I still go to see her. And Aww. yeah, she was, she's like, uh, her name's uh, Maria, Maria Metter. And I was, I've been so close to her my entire life. And like, I think that's probably a big part of it. And, and, and um, you know, she, her family taught me a lot, you know, and they were really unusual people because of, I think, the experience that Maria had had and uh, that her husband Jim had had, you know, and she, she was Hungarian, but she was relocated to Germany during World War II, right? So she um, was sort of, I don't know, I guess like bullied because she spoke German, she was young when she moved there, but really she was Hungarian. And, you know, after World War II, it's a very difficult time, but she like from a very young age, and it was it's sort of unusual to say to a kid who's, you know, five, six, seven, but yeah. she'd say things like, you know, everybody gets treated the same, you know, like you have to, you have to love everybody before they give you a reason not to trust them. And even then, you know, you, you have to judge their actions and you have to not personally dislike them. Um, and she was just, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's very special because, you know, like for almost 40 years I've been going back to see her. She made a huge impact on me. And she raised, <laughs> she raised uh, three daughters, right? So it, the, her husband was a state trooper and, and, uh, and, you know, he really wanted a boy. And what happened? He got three girls, right? So? Say, same thing happened with my mom. My mom only wanted a girl. I'm the oldest of four boys, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what, so what happened was like, my mom would really want to hang out because there were the three girls and then 
uh, Nani's husband, her name's Maria, but I call her Nani's husband, Jim, always wanted to hang out with us because we were four boys, you know, mm-hmm. and we loved it. Oh, my God. He would drive us around in, in the, in the uh, patrol car, the state trooper patrol car. And um, my, my goodness. And you know what? All her daughters were tough, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, only one of them also became a state trooper. Her name's Audrey. But I have seen her take down full-grown men, and it's awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, you must have so many good stories to tell, Alex. I, I have some good ones, but it, it's just, you know, the kind of place where you can go to, and it's just like, it doesn't matter how long you haven't been there. It's like you left the day before. You know, I know I have the same feeling. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And your journey to becoming an author is interesting as you originally were in law school and experienced a spiritual change. I don't know if you mind telling us more about it. No, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. So when I was in law school, I was like very, I don't know how to say it, but like very tight, you know, I was a very difficult person. I was very angry. You know, I did very well in law school. You know, I I was there on scholarship and and I was proud of myself to have gotten in because I worked really hard, but um, I was miserable and uh, I drank a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, um, law school didn't help that. And, you know, the truth is I come from a family of it. You know, my grandfather was an alcoholic. You know, my dad, and you know, until about nine years ago, he was too, which is why he had to get the liver transplant. Mm. Um, but uh, I went. My my uncle, um, he's a great guy. His, name, his name's Martin. He came up to actually get me. He lived in Florida, but he called me one day because it had just gotten really, really bad, and. Um, I don't need to go in the details, but you know, everyone somewhere I think knows an alcoholic and you know what it looks like when it gets bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called me up and he said, you know, like, Hey, what, what do you think? Maybe it's time to, uh, you know, make a change. And I don't know if I was ready, but he, you know, he has a very, he's as, 
a well-established businessman and he has a very full life. And so like I'd grown close to him, the idea that he was making the time and he would, you know, he really wanted to come up and get me and made an impact. So I'm like, okay, I should try. And I went down um, to uh, Betty Ford in Naples, Florida. And I was, I was such an infant. I was such a, uh, a jerk to everybody in the beginning. And there were two or three people down there who really made a change for me. And this is all leading to how I began writing. But the, the important thing is, you know, uh, I would argue and just argue, you know, because I was a law student. I was a good law student. So I was great at arguing, you know, and people would say, you, you know, your life's out of control. This is happening. And I'm like, well, you don't know that this program can make me stop drinking and this and that. And I would attack other people. And I had this uh, counselor. He was from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and he had a real thick Massachusetts accent. And uh, I was uh, talking uh, poorly about someone else he was there, who was there. And my counselor says to me, that's fine, Alex, but he hasn't had a drink in a year. When's the last time you had a drink? And I said, uh, yeah. And, um, and then there was another guy there. He was my roommate. His name was Todd. And he had come in and he was so bad when he had come in that they, he had to be in the hospital for 10 days before he could even be in the rehab. And he had just like this very gentle nature about him, like no matter how aggressive I was. And he just one day, he like he just broke me down. I don't know how he did it. But I think it's not so much what you say to people, it's how you say it. And if people yeah. can b believe you and trust you when you're saying a certain thing. And um, I did, I trusted him. And he said, just in the most, just in the most straightforward and um, relatable way, he said, you know, what are you afraid of? Like, really? What are you afraid of? And something just broke open for me. And I just like, I, I just let everything out. I'm like, I'm afraid I can't do it. I'm afraid I'll drink again. I'm afraid my wife's going to leave me. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my kids, you know? And after that, things started to change. And I noticed a change, not only in like my personality, which also took a lot of work you know it's not just you have a, a you know a come to jesus moment or in my case come to moses moment you know but uh you have um like um things you have to do along the way and i'm still like it, it's 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 work all the time and it's difficult but the change that i noticed is when i went back to read the things that I used to read, you know, about law and about politics, it seemed very foreign to me. It seemed alien. It was like, all I could see was that there were disputes and arguments and just, you know, anger. And I couldn't relate to it anymore. And then I started reading, um, I was reading a, a lot of nonfiction, but one of the very first works of fiction that I turned to was Dr. Sleep by Stephen King. 
mm-hmm. and Dr. Sleep. It was made into a movie, but it's the story of a longtime alcoholic who comes into recovery, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there was just something just on every single page. I get chills talking about it still. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I can feel it. It just, it ignited this passion. And I just read, I just read, I read so many uh, fantasy books, so many horror books, which is strange to say, because when people say, you know, think of like a spiritual transformation, they don't think that it's coming from, you know, reading yeah. horror. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. But the truth is, is that he, uh, you know, Stephen King had so much to say uh, to people who are struggling. And I felt like he was speaking to me. And that's like the special thing about, um, that's the special thing about, I think, a really great writer. It's that you forget that you're reading. You forget that there's, you know, a professional writer-reader relationship, that there's a transaction. You're just you're locked in this other world and you feel like you're sitting in front of a stage and the whole show has stopped and the writer is just looking right at you and speaking right to you, you know, and you can just feel it all over. Mm-hmm. And that's just care. And I, and so I, I had always written, but then I started writing and it just poured, poured out of me. I, I wrote, a book in a month, you know, my first book. And then in one month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and terrible sleeping schedule, terrible two, three day, two, three days out of the week, I wouldn't sleep. And it, it, it was physically miserable. Um, but it was like nothing else I had done before. Cause I had never, ever, ever been passionate about, well, I wouldn't call it work. It was about creating something, you know, because mm-hmm. there was always an, there was always something about working um, in law school or, you know, I used to write op, uh, op-eds for like Forbes and, and, and uh, Washington Examiner and a couple other places. There was always like the work part of it, mm-hmm. but I, I never felt it writing any of this. And I, and I could get out so much of what I wanted to say. And I, I just found out the thing I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And Alex, you've written a few books now, but your latest one is called A, a Boy's Hammer. Can you tell us quickly what is this book about? Yes, it's based in Finnish mythology. But the idea is that um, a very wealthy family, the mother, the son, and the mother's sister. They live together. And one day, the mother and the son, uh, Lena and Alan, they are flying overseas to Helsinki, Finland for a business trip. And they get lost in this huge electrical storm. And they just disappear. They never even find the plane. 20 years later, in Philadelphia, there's another storm and it happens in the middle of, if you know Philadelphia at all, there's refineries on the way out to the airport and there's just this huge explosion. And this massive, massive sort of savage of a man, like a barbarian covered completely in tattoos appears. He's more than seven feet tall, he's huge. And a 
detective from the Philadelphia Police Department starts to investigate. And as he does, the big man who appeared in the explosion says, I remember my name. I remember who I am. I'm Alan Tumalti, the kid who was missing 20 years ago over in Finland. At the same time, the, uh, the queen basically of the underworld, the Finnish underworld is trying to break into the human world to stop Alan because Alan, the reappeared savage, the boy who had been lost 20 years ago, there was a purpose behind his disappearance and I don't want to give too much of it away, but this sort of sets the stage for, I guess, the ultimate showdown between the forces of order and uh -huh. chaos. It's like, um, what did somebody call it? I read one of the reviews said like, like imagine Alan from Jumanji and John Constantine, the mm -hmm. occult, the occult detective. Mm -hmm. I read that. I thought that was really great. <laughs> yeah. You write fantasy. Why do you enjoy the fantasy genre? Um, because there's no limits. I love it. it especially horror fantasy because you know fantasy is great but horror and I think this is the thing that like can turn people off but it's you know the thing that it's there's a sort of like a truth to horror even when unbelievable things are happening because it's regular people facing something that's so powerful that it seems they have no chance against it and in life that's a lot of the time, that's what people are going through, you know, like, I can't imagine what it was like for my family. When I was, you know, in the throes of alcoholism, there's like, this darkness that's overtaken their son, their brother, their husband, and like, they can't control it. Mm -hmm. or, or, or just take something more mundane. Like, um, I had a, uh, a, a friend, he was an old man, a professor. And, you know, he lived half the time Florida, half the time New York. He got audited by New York state taxes, you know? So it's like him against the state government. You know, this happens every day. And it's just horror is taking um, like sort of the mundane and, ma and making larger stakes and making it more colorful. Um, but, but really speaking, I think, to like the struggles that people, you know, go through, you know, People are afraid. People lose things. People have to face incredible odds. And yeah. at, at least half the time they lose. At least. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't stop. Um, it, does, it doesn't stop most people from still fighting. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's the world we live in. It's dark, but it's also remarkable how far forward we've we've uh, uh pushed uh pushed the the, uh, the ball you know like i could hem and haw about how awful the world is but at the end of the day my father flew to another country and someone took someone else's body part and put it inside of him so he could live you know i understand completely what you mean we have the bad and the good together. They walk together. They walk together and it's not a scale. It's just these two paths that are set next to each other. 
and you're just always watching both the bad and the good and you're doing what you can, you know, and it's scary, but it's also when you see people do it, it's admirable. And Alex, is there a message you would like to leave for our listeners? Uh, yes. If you don't read my books, at least read Stephen King's books. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my message. <laughs> okay, that's always a good message. <laughs> and, and how can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, on Goodreads. I'm on Goodreads. You can uh, find me on Goodreads. I'm pretty good about answering messages there. That's it. I'm very bad with social media. My PR guy is all over me. He's so mad at me all the time. I'm sure you've talked to him. Goran, I apologize. He's, he's always telling me, you know, that I need to be on Facebook and Twitter. And um, Instagram. And it's and instant like yeah exactly like I'm talk there's social media now and I'm like talking about the the older generation of social media because I don't even know the new stuff you know uh -huh. and where so. can we find your books all on Amazon oh Amazon wonderful so I hope we can hear more about you we are going to promote your work on our website as well, on the Relatable Voice blog. And Alex, keep writing. You are doing great. Thank you very much. That's very, I appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.